All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of a Hundred Books a Year with Kevin.、Um, today, I just want to spend maybe one episode on、um, Peter Thiel's book、uh, Zero to One. For those of you that don't know who Peter Thiel is,、uh, probably one of the most dominant figures of Silicon Valley,、um, the co-founder of PayPal.、Um, So the reason that I started this book is because I want to know kind of like what is he, what's his view on the definition of a startup, right? You know, like because he built himself up for a PayPal、uh, to a billionaire, and what is the like his view on the startup world? What is he,、uh, his view on the Silicon Valley? And I think it's really interesting how he thinks about. This particular area of his expertise, and、um, today I I just want to share a little bit with you guys, and I really like the book. There's a lot of things to be learned there, but、um, for the purpose of time, I just want to kind of like go into a little bit of、um, kind of like a generalizing and、um, just touch on on a little bit of what does he mean by、uh, a good quality startup company, and then what does You know, team culture plays, or what does other, you know, a hiring or firing situations, and、uh, I just think that it is really interesting, and I just I feel like a lot of stuff that we covered be be before from the Netflix, uh, culture book, right, and also the culture map. So this is something that I do believe that just held its own as a, a top notch entrepreneur's view on startups. So let's dive right into it, right? So, the whole idea of zero to one is really easy to grasp, right? So, Peter Thiel was saying that getting from one to maybe two to three is easy, right? Copying is easy. Now, getting from zero to one is hard, right? Now, we just cannot really have another Bill Gates doing software, or we we cannot really have another a Steve Jobs doing the hardware. So. Actually, something has been done. It's done, right? There, it's like you can copy it, but you just cannot replace it. So, when we are talking about the progress,、uh, especially within the the technological world, or or like you know, like in everyday life in general, we're going to have a horizontal kind of an extensive pro uh progress, or we're gonna have a vertical kind of an intensive progress, right? So let's start with the horizontal progress. So what does he mean by that? Just copying, right? I remember、uh, when I was in China when the iPhone first came out, and immediately there's a iPhone looks alike, <laughs> right? Selling it was crappy silver. I I think I think I bought one of those.、Uh, we call it Shanghai, right? We call it the、um, what's the term?、Um, the English translation is like the. The、uh, hillbilly version of the iPhone, right? It looks the same, but the software is crap, right? So,、um, not just copying, right? That's horizontal progress. Vertical progress is really hard.、Uh, it's really intensive. It's doing new things that nobody has done it before, right? Quote unquote, from zero to one. So, from a macroeconomics perspective, right? Globalization is horizontal progress, right? That's what China ha-、uh, has been doing for the last ten, twenty years.、Um, vertical is like technology progress, right? Like developing the iPhone or、uh, getting the、uh, 
uh, you know, the satellite up or 5G internet, all that stuff, right? So, like I was saying that Peter Thiel was very, very adverse in um, startup thinking. So, what is the definition of a startup, right? If you think about it, a startup operate on the principles that you need to work with other people to get stuff done, right? So there, there is at least some version of the teamwork involved in that. And Peter argues that you want to have teammates, but you want to stay as small enough that you can actually get things done. You're, you're not dealing with the large-scale bureaucracy. And startup is the largest group of people that you can convince of a plan to build a different future. I think that is actually really interesting is that recruiting for like-money people and recruiting for people to join a startup is really recruiting about a vision, about a dream, about the future lives, right? I remember watching the uh, HBO show uh, Silicon Valley. It's actually really interesting uh, where uh, these group of guys, right? Like they all like think that, oh yeah, right? Like every single one of the a startup founders, they always end their speech or their pitch on, oh, to make the world a better pl- a place, right? So the essence of that is to convince the largest amount of people to work for you to share the same drive as you. Now, the early 2000, we encountered this dot-com bubble, right? So that teaches us I think has the biggest impact on the startup competition-wise, right? So, first of all, is that we made incremental uh, advances, right? So, like the grand vision that of what a computer might do, what an internet might do, inflated the bubble, right? Um, the invention of the internet and then the utilization of the internet inflated the bubble. They should not be really indulged into the vision and they're, they're uh, simply moving too fast, too quickly, right? I think we talked about uh, about a book on this podcast uh, a while ago called uh, Thank You for Being Late, right? By Thomas Fuhlman, uh, New York Times col- a columnist. He argues exactly the same point, right? Is that the technology are progressing so quickly is that we cannot really keep up with it. Now, secondly, the biggest takeaway from the 2000.com bubble is that we want to stay lean and flexible, right? So Peter Thiel actually argues that all of the companies that must be lean, what is the definition of lean? Less people, less uh, processes to jump through, um, more decision-making a more decentralized decision-making scheme. So same thing with Netflix, right? Because we talked about Netflix culture before. Um, so what that means is it's actually ready to pivot, right? So let's say something happened where this company is going off track, then a leaner company will be able to pivot quickly and more swiftly compared to a larger company, right? I do remember a funny thing that uh, YouTube, uh, when I first got the domain name, I think they were registered as a dating website or something, right? It turns out to be the biggest video sharing platform in in the whole world. Um, And the next thing that Peter shared on this, I think are really impactful is that 
you should not know what you do in business in the early stages at least. You should always be trying to pivot, trying to keep a clear mind in terms of, okay, what is it exactly that I'm doing? What is exactly the market? What is exactly the product? And what is exactly the process? And Peter Thiel argues that the more you think about it, like the, the less certain you are, especially in the early stages, the better your, your, uh, your a startup will perform, right? Because the, it's actually a lot more easier to pivot than to, you know, like put a nail in a coffin a little bit. So this is our company. This is what we do. And then the outside scenario, outside environment changes. And then that was it, right? That's the end of it. Now, the next one is improve on the competition. So this is what Peter Thiel argues as the, disadvantage of the first mover advantage right so like in business school or in any other um like mba program or whatever we always be taught that the first mover advantage right um i gave you one giant huge counter example which is apple right like apple never really was the first to the market or at least not anymore Right, like for example, the five G. Right? For example, the, uh, the um, the uh, new chips. Right, like the whole M one chips is uh, generating a lot of buzz right now. So, in a sense, that a startup have this brand new idea of trying to create a new part, a uh, new a new market prematurely. Right, so without really testing out the market, and they want to create a new market. So Peter argues that you should build your company by improvising and improving on recognizable products offered by competitions, right? So instead of creating a new market, we want to figure out a way to learn and recognize our competitor and their products and trying to one-up them in an existing, preferably emerging market. I think that is actually a really cool idea to think about it because every single time that we think about a startup, right? Like a brand new idea, right? It's a bunch of nerds and young guys, right? Like eating ramen for a couple of years and then build this new new platform or new software that's going to change the world. But Peter Thiel argues that, you know, if we can understand our competitors better and we can actually see what a product that they're putting out, that's actually going to serve us in the long term in terms of taking less of a risk, generating a new market, but actually um, getting something more solidified and building upon others, in this case, the competitor. I think that's really, really interesting. Um, number four, focus on the product, not the sales. Um, Peter argues that if your product requires advertising or salespeople, to sell it, it's not good enough, <laughs> right? I think that's really cool because um, if, if you think about the biggest product launch ever, right? Like we think about the original iPhone or the uh, iPod, right? Like there was actually not that much advertising going on um, as I can see from the old news or the news cycle or from the Apple Isusia, the people will just line up and then they just want to get a new thing or the a sneaker culture, right? Like a new colorway. There's really less of a 
marketing effort to do that, right? We just talked about the purple cow for the last couple of days. And I think Peter Thiel subscribed to the same idea as well, is that if you need marketing to compensate for your product, then in a sense that your product is not entire enticing enough. There's a chance that you are dealing with a brown cow or not a purple cow, right? So because your product is not remarkable enough, then there's not going to be enough achievement or the cool factor associated with your product launch. I think that's actually really interesting. So, um, yeah, I just want to kind of touch on a brief points today for the podcast. Uh, if you are ever in the startup world, if you're ever trying to understand it, I think this is a great perspective. Um, Peter Thiel has always been seen as a disruptor, has always been seen as the person that's trying to... Um, scale by ruffling some you know feathers and then he's not afraid to use his power right to use his quote-unquote um resources to get what he wants and i think this book showcasing his mentality and mindset towards his bread and butter uh either that's vc right venture uh, uh capitalist investing or angel investing or developing a, their own product, right? Uh, Planetary was on the news uh, for the last couple of weeks now, the uh, new Peter Thiel invention, right? Um, I think he's onto something in terms of the entrepreneurial mindset because every single uh, founder or team on the original PayPal team, they they got on to do different things, right? Like uh, Elon Musk was part of it and there's a Chinese guy um, there's also, you know, a planetary, right? So like this type of a Peter Thiel's mindset actually is contagious and it's actually brought a lot of good positive value to the marketplace. Okay, guys, that's enough for me today. Uh, if you like this book, uh, go read it. And then if you like the podcast, subscribe and share. And then tomorrow we're going to start a new book. All right.